Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Yeah. I didn't get to church. I know how to get to church. I only need directions where I don't know where I'm going. And so that's why we're looking for signs. It's because we don't know where we're going. But God wants you to know where you're going. He wants you to be 100% convinced. Why? Because the fullness of Jesus has been revealed. He's not holding out. It has been. We live in New Testament grace 2,000 years from our mother church, the church of Acts, the church of Antioch, has been birthed. We are now little little children. We're faith babies in, in Carrie's vernacular today of our spiritual hub, and we, we no longer need signs. So if, if you are a sign seeker, this message is for you. If you have trouble hearing the voice of God, this message is for you. If you struggle with the weight of the world to, to process what you pray for, and if you should go to McDonald's or Burger King, well, first of all, none of that, you should go to Burger Bill. But wherever you're at, okay, Wherever you're at, that there's, there's a weight you're carrying because you're trying to discern the weather. And God says, why, when I've revealed everything to you? Why don't you just become convinced fully of what God has already revealed and stop chasing some hyper-spiritual sign-seeking of the cloud formation of the day? Now, there is something to signs, but I'll, I'll talk about that this morning. Determination is my direction. Why? Because we've received the promise. We've, we've already received the promise. So all I need is a determined faith. And not only am I not seeking signs, that's so June 2020, that's so, that's so Old Testament. New Testament is, guess what, breaking news, signs will follow you. I'm no longer following signs because the purpose of the signs has already come. And now when I'm establishing the word, I preach the word, I pray for the word, I live in the word, signs will follow me. That's why at the preaching of the word in the book of Acts, the miracles followed the preaching of the word. Why? They were to confirm what had already come. So signs will follow you. All right, let's go to our text. Ruth, the book of Ruth. Chapter 1, the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 15. We've already read this a few times. We know the context here. Basically, everyone has died except the women. My goodness, men, get your life insurance. Amen. They're going to outlast us. Verse 15. And this is is Naomi. Lost her husband. Lost her sons-in-law's. And she's speaking to Ruth. Look, your sister-in-law has gone. Look. Oh, there's our word. Look. Look. Check out the signs, Ruth. Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth. Woo. But Ruthie said, entreat me. Not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. 
In verse 18, when she saw that she was determined, someone say determined. Determined, Determined, that's our word. Determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. She stopped speaking to her. All right, let's pray. Let's get after this morning. I'll pray, I promise. I pray I I go quick. I, I promise to go quick. Amen. Let's talk about determination. Determination. I believe God's going to uproot sign following and sign seeking and the weight and the condemnation and the guilt and the shame that that can bring. If you've ever struggled with, God, is that you? (laughs) I apologize about that. God wants to deliver and put a surety. God, is that you? Are you asking me to invite them to church? Are you asking me to pray for them? (laughs) Whether it's in church, at work, or at Starbucks. I believe God wants to deliver all of that and heal all of that and speak something clear this morning. Amen? All right, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for church. We thank you that we're coming through this season. Lord, we thank you for what you do in seasons, but we also thank you that they are seasons. And and it is time for a new season. We thank you for what you've done in us, a time of refinement, a time of, of faith being strengthened. Lord, we look to you this morning. We just ask you to invade this place, invade every home, invade every mind, invade every heart. Lord, have your way. Let your will be done this morning right now in our lives and let us never be the same again. Let us not be self-occupied this morning, whether it's good or bad, but let us be Christ-occupied this morning. Lord, just fully consumed and focused on and hungry for, looking at receiving your word. Lord, we thank you so much. That you've came and you've delivered us and there's hope this morning in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 I'm sorry, but I always pull my, my pants up. Like it's just the way the skinny jeans go. Amen. And my butt's not big enough to, to hold it up. So pray for me as I squat my way into my best body. Amen. Amen. Um, so I think it was... Gosh, I was young. I was young. I was um, 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 on my way to Mexico on a bus. A lot of times when young people, man, I want to go in the ministry. I was like, I want to be like you. I want to preach. Nine, which is great. 99% of ministry is, is on a bus. That's how I would define most of my ministry days. Even though I've gotten to do some cool things and see some cool things, it's basically sitting on a bus. So we're getting ready to do some ministry in Mexico and uh, as good missionaries, we were praying and praying for our, our you know, our, our events and our, our testimonies and our dramas and our sporting events. We were going to do it all just to reach uh, whoever we could. And uh, we're praying, right? Now, this was a big sign-seeking season in my life. And so I'm praying, trying to hear the voice of God and get ready. And, again, my theology was just a little off, but it's in growth, as it still is. And um, I'm just praying, and I I happen to look up, and I notice I'm in aisle 23. As a good sign-seeking Christian, I'm like, what does that mean? Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean, 23, 23? I kid you not, for weeks, 
I was inundated with 23. I had to interpret why I had seen, seen the number 23. So I was, I was showing up to different things and we're playing. And, and uh, there, was this, there was this little Mexican kid and he had five. He had this jersey on. They all wore like soccer jerseys. And he had five. And I was thinking, maybe it's not 23. Maybe it's two plus three. And so maybe this is the kid, God. Maybe this is the one that you've called me to I don't know. You didn't even. T- yeah, I don't even know. All I got is 23. But maybe there's something special ab- about this kid that I'm supposed to tell him. I saw this number on my bus, 23. You have five. And two plus three is your number that you're wearing. Because that would bless him. That would be a powerful moment. But I don't know. I was looking for 23. God ma- ma- and, and I literally, this is, all, this is honest, there was a lot of soccer games going on and a lot of basketball games going on. And I was thinking, maybe God showed me 23. Um, Michael Jordan. You know, and maybe I'm supposed to have a Michael Jordan anointing in Mexico. Maybe they're going to see me as Jordan. And maybe I will, like, maybe I won't miss any shots. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, you are amazing. Tell us what you believe. Show us who the, the God of the universe is. And I was literally processing, because it's it, interpreting signs. It takes a lot of energy. It's a lot of, like, guilt. It's a lot of, like, okay, we're playing basketball. Anybody, you see anybody with a jersey on 23? I'm supposed to preach to them about Jesus. You're going through all of the weight and the process of interpreting signs until one night, I remember I was in the meeting and worship was beginning to go. And I just, with the presence of God just came in and broke off all this shame and this guilt and this weight. And I just felt the ease. If you've ever felt grace, if you've ever felt Jesus before, it actually takes off all of the burdens. When you're in the presence of God under good preaching, not all preaching is good word, is if, if you're under good word and good preaching and good fellowship, you'll tend to know that you're the one that put all the guilt and all the weight and all the pressure on yourself. And when God comes in, all of a sudden you just take weeks of pressures and weights and things. And I just felt like I could go now and just play basketball or soccer. I didn't feel like the Jordan anointing was on me that I only had to play basketball because that would bring glory to God. Which coffee, which taco stand would I go to? Because maybe that taco stand had divine appointments and maybe that taco stand didn't. What did I say? What, what was I supposed to talk to? Who was I supposed to preach to? Who was I supposed to give my testimony to? How long am I supposed to pray? How many divine appointments am I supposed to have? At what point do I stop praying and just stop preaching and start preaching? What if someone goes to hell if I decide to play soccer instead of go preach to God? That's a lot of weight if you're constantly weighing what to do. And I just felt like God began to speak to me and heal me from trying to become this known interpreter of weather and signs and a prophet. And and I started to realize that the signs were not my lamp, that, that connecting dots were not my lamp, my feelings were not my lamp. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And someone shouted amen. The word is a lamp. My past isn't a lamp. My, my, but my friends aren't a lamp. Not everything is a lamp unto my feet. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And God wants to break this connection that we have with living by sight, thinking that God has to speak to us through squirrels and clouds and buses and numbers when ultimately he has broken most of that and wants to speak directly to you. 
He doesn't want to use a squirrel when he can use his presence, when he can use the Holy Ghost, when he can use his voice, when he can use love, when he can use grace, when he can use the church, when he can use worship, when he can use his word. He wants to know you personally and directly, and he wants to bypass all of this connection that we have to nature or whatever it might be to interpret. God, I need you to speak to me. And he said, I will. My word is a lamp. Not signs. Not signs. I'm coming after your signs this morning. That's my assignment. I'm coming after your signs. I'm coming. The word is a lamp. The word is my lamp. Number one, I got points. Number one, stop looking for signs and start living based on your connection with Christ. Stop looking for signs and start living based on your connection with Christ. And your connection with Christ is based on Christ. He's the cornerstone. It's not you. You're like a little bitty rock. He is the cornerstone. He came. He died for you when you were a sinner. That's why good grace theology has to be the foundation of your salvation. It can't be based on you. And you had a really bad week of sin, therefore, oh, your destiny is in the balance. Jesus said, no, my, I'm the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, I have chosen you. And whenever you mess up, my will is like a navigation. You know, have you ever missed your turn? Just he, it, it knows where he's going. You don't need to worry about the signs. It will reroute you. And by grace, you get rerouted. It doesn't mean that nothing matters and there's no consequence. It just means he has not changed his mind on how he created you, what he created you for. The gift. Oh, oh, no, that person messed up. Oh no, I better put a new gift inside of them. No, he already knew that. He predestined and he preordained based on knowing what would happen. And yet here you are, he's simply rerouting. He doesn't need to redesign you, re-gift you, recalibrate you. No, he hasn't changed his mind. My determination is based on my connection with Christ. And my determination has got to be built on more than just signs. It's got to be based on choice. It's got to be based on choice. It's got to be based on decisions. It can't be based on interpreting signs. It has to be based on choice. Because all of the signs might be saying, go home. So if your determination is your emotion, or if your determination is, well, I'll begin to see it. Mm. I love when people start to interpret their life. Mm. I can start to see what's going on at work. God's starting to move. Why? Because my boss is being nice. What if your boss never gets nice? What if you're serving Egypt? What if you're serving Pharaoh and Pharaoh dies? Is your God limited to what you see at work or what you see in your marriage? I understand we want to see something, but again, the signs will follow the, the New Testament believer. And so all of a sudden, I'm looking for signs, and my faith is waiting, my determination is waiting, when you don't need to wait at all. I, because it's already been revealed what God has for me. It's already been revealed through Christ what God has for me. And so it's got to be based on choice, because for Ruth, all of the signs were saying, Ruthie, babe, sweetie, go home. I mean, her own pastor, her own mother-in-law, and she was her pastor because she represented God to her, the living God, the real God. All she had was Naomi. So, in other words, her family, her pastor, Naomi was also her counselor, her counselor. Like, all of them were in agreement. 
all of them were in agreement to say, go home. Everything was pointing to go home. That's why your determination has got to be more than signs. Interpreting, oh, but see, right now you got all the doomsday prophets in the, in the church right now saying, oh, man, God's coming back. It's the end of the world. Do you know that every generation, I don't mean to pick a fight, but every generation believed that God was coming back. Where are my faith people that believe he's coming back for a bride clothed in white righteous acts of the saints? Where's, where's my people that believe that we live in the modern day of the church, the greatest days of the church are right now? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of COVID will not prevail. The gates of hell, the gates of racism, the gates of animosity, the gates of abuse, the gates of destruction, the gates of of division will not prevail. Where's my prophets that aren't looking at the signs of the weather or looking at what the news is saying or looking at what social media is saying, but they're going back to the word of God and say, you know what God's doing? He's healing. He's saving. He's delivering. He's, 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 he's moving in the hearts of humanity. Where's my prophets? Where's my prophets? Or we just got a bunch of people looking at the signs. That's a horrible way to have a marriage. Because every time your wife's in a bad mood, my wife is in a bad mood once a year. <laughs> oh, we are, we're faith people. Just a little good mood. There's no bad moods in our marriage. Just a little good mood. She loves when I say that. That really, that really blesses her. But when you're in a little good mood, so what I'm supposed to wake up as a man and go, oh, this day is gone. Flush it down the toilet. Or am I supposed to stand in faith? See, you live by the signs all the time. Signs all the time. Uproot that. Uproot it. It's based on choice. It's based on your free choice to be determined that your connection is not on signs with God. It is with God himself, his voice, his blood, the Holy Ghost, baptism of your sins. They've been washed You're full of the Holy Ghost. You've been gifted. You've been bought. You've been redeemed. You've been renewed. You've been revived. So what are you waiting for? He's not waiting to do anything. It's 2020, 2020 years since the cross. The cross is waiting on you to stop trying to interpret the weather. Jesus would say only an adulterous generation looks for a sign and looks at the weather and looks around to decide what to do. You ought to be able to decide based on what he decided. And what he decided was that he already died for humanity. And therefore he said, go in all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we can't. We're at a stay-at-home order. We, um, um, so many of our decisions are based our interpretation of outward signs. What do you think the early church did when they were actually killing Christians? <laughs> they didn't look at signs, go, well, we lost a few more people to the, uh, you know, to the lion's den. That's, we better stop. Don't live based on signs and interpretation. God says, know me. Don't live based on what a squirrel does or what a squirrel doesn't do. Quit being so squirrely. Come to me. I want to speak to you. I want to give you my word. Let my peace lead you. Let my voice lead you. Let scripture lead you. Let my spirit, let my peace lead you. 
Let my joy lead you. Let the presence of the living God lead you. God says, take my hand. What do you think it means to be led by the Spirit? You've got to be Holy Spirit led according to Scripture because everything around you will be saying, go home. The worst. This country's over. It's about to implode. Only God knows that. But as a Christian, i got to say today is the day of salvation. My connection is with God giving me everything. God has given me the fullness of Scripture, the full revelation of the God, the fullness of heaven. I'm no longer in the dark. Why are we living like it's 8,000 years ago and we're just waiting for a prophecy when the fullness of Christ has been revealed? I need some determination. I don't need another cloud formation. That even rhymed. It's powerful or maybe less powerful. I don't know. Determination. Determination. This is the great crossroads of life. Not your birthday. Not how many candles you have on your cake. Not how many muscles you have. Or you disgusting people that have six packs. It's not about that. I hate you. It's not about your golf game. It's not about, you know what it is? It's about the moment. This is the crossroads. This is the Ruth, the Ruth crossroads right here. This is, this, is, this is when you know you're grown up. This is when you know. And you could be, you could be 65, 70 years old. This is, the, this is the stage and age of maturity. Is when you've decided my life is no longer what has happened to me. But my life is what I have chosen. That, sound might, that might sound mean, but your life is what you have chosen. Just think about that for a second this morning. All the excuses, all the blames. Hey, why do you do that? I don't know. Why, why do you guys, what, what's your marriage, marriage flow? Why, why don't you, what, what's, what do you guys, how can you guys talk, to, how can you do that way? How can you, I don't, know. I don't know. You talk to enough men for enough time in a marriage count session, it's basically going to be, well, she wants it like that. You know, she likes to Netflix and chill, and she does not like to be all dolled up. Yeah, that's probably what every girl believes and says, yeah, sure, Absolutely. So why don't you ever go out? Why don't you ever get, we don't have any money. Hey, how can you guys communicate that way? Well, I don't know, her dad, her parents, that's just the way they're family. They, they just find the biggest rug and just sweep everything under the rug. Well, how can you have an asked her how she feels about that? I don't know. I don't know. See, everything in your life at some point has got to stop being, um, well, that happened to me. That's who I married. I married into her family. I married at this church as I go to this kind of a church. This is, I work at this kind of a place. At some point, your life is the sum total of your choices and your decisions. But here's the good news. You can unchoose things that you've chosen. But if you don't have an original choice, you can't unchoose it. You are the victim of your family and your background and your sin. And therefore, you are stuck. But in New Testament faith, it's based on his grace, and his grace is sufficient. His grace never runs out. His grace is all-powerful. Therefore, if my faith is in the grace, I can say, today, I unchoose dysfunction. I unchoose anger, and I choose peace, and I choose. So at some point, your life now is your choices. And you look at your life and say, I, I, I choose I choose. I choose. Why? Because he's chosen me. 
My choices are based on his choices. I'm no longer trying to figure out if I'm saved, if, if God's going to heal me. If I, I'm, I'm no longer living my life based on interpreting my feelings and interpreting who's pastor and prophet's coming to town. And, oh, oh, this guy's coming to speak at our church. Oh, you know what that means? Get all that thinking out. Oh, my laundry's done today. Oh, must be okay. Oh, oh, the coffee is cold. And hot. Oh, someone said hi. That all, that all goes away. And my choice now is my determination and my faith is now based on the unshakable, unchangeable, immutable word of God. Now that becomes my lamp and my light as I choose to preach the gospel, if, as, as I choose to forgive, as I choose to love, as I choose to be honest and vulnerable. When no man in my family has, I choose because he has chosen to shed his blood for me. He has chosen to gift me. I don't need to worry about which job is mine anymore. All I need to do is work on my gift because my word tells me my gift will make room for me. I know that God wants to bless me. I know he's for me, not against me. I know that he loves me. I know that he goes before me. I know he's my intercessor. I know other people have been praying for me. So my faith is determined on what he has revealed and he has chosen to reveal that he is on my side and his peace will lead me and his joy and his mercies are new every morning. If I'm preaching something Somebody say, amen. I'm determined. I'm determined. I don't need to wake up and say, is it going to be a good day? It has already been declared that today is the day of salvation. It's a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I don't need to wake up and see if an eagle flies north to tell me that God is for me today. What happens is when everything goes Downhill, we go to our prayer closet, say, Lord, and that's number two. You keep looking for signs when you really just need to make up your mind. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land. Choose. Choose today. Choose. Choose. The powerful thing on the planet is free choice. You know, we've spent so many years preaching on hunger and thirst. I think it caused us to become so dependent upon a theology that says the sovereignty of God is all you need to worry about. Just get hungry when we didn't teach people what to do with their hunger and what to do with their thirst. 
You're supposed to hunger and thirst after righteousness, and righteousness has already been revealed that you are not righteous, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, whenever we talk about righteousness or deeds or doings, it's something that God puts in your heart anyways, and he has already revealed his righteousness It is Christ Jesus. Where's Christ Jesus? In your heart. So what are we waiting for? We ought not to be waiting on anything. God is waiting on us to make up our mind, to make a decision. Free choice is the most powerful thing that God ever gave humanity. We're made in his image. We're not robots. He's not pulling the strings. He gave us free choice. He gave us free choice. He gave us the power to choose to reject or receive him. That's a risky God. He gave us free choice. I can choose. I can choose. And a lack of choosing is still a choice. Choosing. Choosing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Make a decision today. I see choices being made all throughout this morning. Choose, 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 choose. Don't quit looking for signs if you're going to divorce. Choose. Mm, mm. I reject. Mm, you know what that means. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, I knew it. I I love that one. I knew it. Did you? Okay, you knew it. You didn't do anything about it. I knew you were going to leave me. So do something, make a choice. Make up your mind. Make up your mind today. Quit looking for signs. Make up your mind. See, we read Ruth. A lot of us read Ruth, and this is how we live. Whatever happens to you was God. Whatever job you have, it was God. That's how it gets explained. That's why you have got to be honest with your kids about your mistakes. Don't preach a theology to your kids that says everything that has happened to mom and dad was God. That's a scary theology. Because when they mess up, then they need to justify it too. And go, it was God. Yeah, I quit school, it was God. Or I went back to school and it was God. Like everything is God. You have to be honest with, you know what, I would have done that different. I would, have, I would have made that decision differently. I would have. You've got to teach a very human experience and a very awesome God. God has made up his mind. I haven't. And I need to make up my mind. We read Ruth as, well, she had no other option, right? She's lost everything. Therefore, she is now just abiding in this sphere and this space of, well, we'll just see. And, 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 and she just sort of had nothing else, nowhere else to go. Therefore, what she did was her only option. But that would not be the trueness of preaching Ruth. Ruth made up her mind. If you're to preach Ruth at all, it's that this girl, this young girl, knew how to make up her mind, knew how to make a choice, and knew how to make a decision. When we read Ruth, one of the most famous portions of Scripture, we read a poetic prayer of choice. That's what we read. We don't, we don't even just read about a desperate woman. We read about a decided woman, a woman who has made 
a decision. Entreat me not to leave you. Does that sound like desperation? Entreat me from, don't, don't keep me from following after you. Does that seem like someone who's looking for squirrels and clouds and a phone call and a feeling? No, she's lost everything. And yet she writes and she, and she speaks this poetic prayer of decisive choice of where you lodge, I will lodge. Your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Let your God be my God. She's a woman that has made up your, her mind to, even to the point of saying there will be nothing that brings us separation except death. That's a woman that's made up her mind. That's a decided woman. There's no wiggle room there for where Ruth stands. Ruth, how did you follow Naomi? I don't know. I don't know. You got to know. Make some choices today. He's giving you free will. Choose. Respond to what he's revealed. He's not left you in the dark. If you are confused, it has nothing to do with God because he's not confused. He's not confused on why he made you. He's not confused on who he hooked you up with. He's not confused on his plan. He's not confused on his destiny for you. He's not confused on why he died for you. He's not confused on the gift he put inside of you. He's not confused. We are confused, so we're looking for signs when God says, put down the sign, get going on your gift, and get going on the word of God, knowing that I want to lead you and I want to bless you. Get all of that craziness out of your head and make up your mind about who I am in your life. I'm the God who shaped you and formed you in your mother's womb. Quit making me look confused, says God. Come on. I formed you. I knit you together. I, I, I know how many hairs you have. I've got them named. I, I, I know the end from the beginning. I placed an anointing upon you. I've gone before you. I've got you surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I've got you hooked up. I'm going to make it very hard for you to miss the plan of God for your life. Somebody make up your mind. Ruth said, I've made up my mind. I choose you. I choose you. We don't got enough people in this generation that have decided, have decided, have decided, have decided. Make a decision. Where's my Ruth's at? Come on. Where's my Ruth's at? Men, it's okay. It's a metaphor. You can be a Ruth. Where's my Ruth's at? Where's my Ruth's at? I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision. I'm going to make up my mind. Your choosing is about to stop the opposition. Verse 18, when she saw, Naomi, that she was determined to go with her, she stopped. You're waiting for God to stop the opposition when it is your determination of faith beyond what you see into what you know. And your determination is about to stop the opposition. You've had so many you've had so many thoughts about getting divorced. Your determination is about to stop that opposition. You, you're so overweighted with depression, your determination is about to stop 
the opposition. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody, somebody. There's, there's insecurities that are piling up. And you're waiting for God to deliver you. And he said, I already have. You're looking for signs about something I have already spoken. I will not overspeak because I'm not an insecure God trying to win your approval. I am God. And by myself, I alone am God. I've made it clear. I've made creation. You don't need to look for a squirrel or an eagle because all of creation cries out the reality of a sovereign God. See, he's already revealed the fullness of something that you're double backing up going, well, God, could you repeat yourself a thousand times that you love me? And he's like, creation calls. You're, 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 I've surrounded you with the fact that I love you. That's not the problem. And we ask God to make us the exception. God, I know you require faith, but for me, will you just please, because it's really hard, would you please just this once give in to my fear? Would you, God, become dysfunctional just for a moment? God, would you, would you become a dysfunctional father just for five minutes and placate to my pity party? And, and, and he goes, no, I love you too much. Because once you do that, you'll think that that is what's going to work. And I, I will not. I love you too much. I love you too much to show you a sign of something I've already revealed in the fullness through my son Jesus. Determination is what you need. And your determination will stop the opposition. I choose life. I choose peace. I choose God. As for me and my house... We're going to serve God. I've, I've made up my mind. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, fa- I'm going to, I'm going to forgive. I've, I've made up my mind. I am determined. I am determined. I am determined to serve God. I am determined to be generous. I am determined to preach the gospel. I am determined to be dependent upon God. I am determined to listen to the voice of God. I am determined to throw myself into the fullness of theology that Jesus has revealed. I am determined to build the church because he said he's, he's building. I want to build what he's built. I am determined to discover the fullness of what he has deposited on the inside of me. I am determined to forgive. I am determined to be a communicator of my feelings. I am determined to give my wife everything I have. I am determined to raise my I am determined that my kids will serve God come hell or high water. I will be there. I will talk. I will do. I will not play games. I will not be dysfunctional. I will not sweep things under the rug. I will not be a blamer. I will not be a victim. I choose grace. I choose the gospel. I choose prayer. I choose whatever it takes, I will stand in the gap. Whatever it takes, I'm determined. But Isaac, what if you come up against something in your family that you can't solve? I I, I don't know, but I'm determined to solve it. What if you can't figure out the season that we're going through as a church? What if you can't get through racial 
things in the community. Well, I don't know, but I am determined to see unity have the day. I am determined to see the word. I am determined to see reconciliation. I am determined to see forgiveness and grace. I'm determined to listen. I'm determined to love. I'm determined to talk. I'm determined to make a fool of myself that someone might know Jesus. I'm determined to love. I'm determined to listen. I'm determined to speak. I'm determined to be vulnerable. I'm determined to be honest. I'm determined. Jesus said, no man takes my life. I freely give it. My mind is made up. I've made up my mind. Oh, if anybody's made up their mind today, shout amen. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. I've chosen. I choose. 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 I choose life. I choose. I have decided. 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 When you decide, you recognize the, 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 the true, authentic fact of what God has revealed. I've decided I'm chosen. Worship team, come on up. I've decided. Sounds arrogant. Sounds prideful. No, because you're boasting in what God has revealed. But you've just recognized, I don't, I'm not lost anymore. I'm not lost on who he's called me to be. I'm not lost on being blessed. I'm not lost. I'm not lost. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You think that you deal with so much peer pressure from your friends, you just haven't made up your mind. As for me, first, and my house. It can't be we before it's me. It's got to be me. I've got to decide who I am. I've got to decide I'm a church person. I'm a tither. I'm a worshiper. I'm a prayer. I'm a small grouper. I'm a word person. I'm a, worship, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover. I'm a fighter. I'm a forgiver. I'm a hearer. I'm a listener. I'm a Jesus person. I'm a joy person. I'm a positive person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener. I'm, I'm a vulnerable. I'm imperfect, so have grace in me. I'm going for it, but I have decided that he has decided to give me the fullness of heaven. I, I don't want to struggle with the things I thought I was struggling with anymore. I choose life. I choose Jesus. I'm not dealing with as much peer pressure or as much fear as I thought. I didn't realize how much I can make up my mind this morning and be determined about who my God is and who my, what my future is and what he has for me. I have decided. I've chosen. I've chosen. I've chosen. There's nothing more powerful than someone who has made up their mind. Babe, this is what our marriage is going to look like. I've decided. This is what my family's going to look like. Some of you are making decisions right now that will affect generations of young people. Why? Because you've made a decision. You've been looking for something outside of the very gift of free choice. And this morning, God is saying, make up your mind. I've given you the gift. I've given you the greatest power of all, and that is to receive the fullness of what God has revealed through his spirit, through scripture. I've decided. Has anybody decided this morning? 
You know what a, you know what a wedding is? And I got to close. You know what a wedding is? The, a, a wedding is a public acknowledgement of a personal decision. I choose you. I choose you. Well, let's get together, spend thousands of dollars, and spend a whole lot of money, and publicly come together and tell people what we've decided. That's, that's what a wedding is. Not, hey, babe, I'm going to try. Let's see how it goes. If nobody better than you comes along, um, I'll probably stick it out. You know, as long as we can keep that fire going. Could you imagine living your marriage off signs and feelings and what ifs? No, you stand there. I stood at that altar in 2001, November 2nd, and said, I choose you. Whether you get ugly, it gets weird till death, sickness, or health, richer or poorer, I, till death, till death, till death, till death, do us part. That's the power of Ruth's story, is I decide you. In the middle of chaos, in the middle of darkness, not let's see how it goes, quit. Quit letting your Christianity be. Let's see how it goes. Quit letting your business be. Let's see how it goes. No, God has given you an entrepreneurial spirit. He's anointed you to make money. He's anointed you to steward. He's anointed you to manage. Get on with it. Make up your mind that he's for you. The gospel works anywhere. You could go to the third world. Your heart breaks for these kids selling chiclets on the side of the road. But this gospel works there. All of a sudden they have hope in their heart and they, I've seen band together and start a chiclet business together and start washing cars. There's no money. They live in ditches in India and Indonesia. But a faith, a faith in God that God is bigger than their situation somehow rises up and says there's more. I don't need to, I don't need to see it. I don't need to feel it. I know that my God will provide for me whether I live in the first world or the third world, whether I live in sin or grace. I am decided that God so loved the world that he sent his most valuable possession, his son Jesus, to die for me. I have decided some of you don't even believe in Jesus. You know what? You do know. Make up your mind. Today you get to make a decision. You get to make a decision. You get to make a decision. You get to make you know what a, you know what a baptism is? Baptism is a public display of a personal decision. It doesn't save you. The thief on the cross wasn't able to get baptized. Jesus said, you're with me in paradise. Faith is what saves you. Baptism is for everybody else and for yourself to say, I publicly pronounce that I am not ashamed of the gospel, but it is the power of God and the salvation. I've chosen him. That's why when you go down and you come up, the place goes nuts. Why? Because the power of a decision. We see young people get in there and we go nuts. Why? that young person has decided to follow Jesus. It's a decision. Make a decision today. Make a decision today. What is it? 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 I choose. I choose. I choose. I choose. I choose. Some of you, you know. 
Naomi did not know what would happen to her when she went back to Bethlehem. She had no idea. That's why you need determination. What's God putting on your heart today? Is it that you need to open up your feelings and be honest with people? It's time. Make up, make up your mind. I'm going to be someone that speaks honest. I'm going to start having honest conversations with people. You know, that's one of the scariest things to do. It sounds good. It looks good in movies. But when you start to talk through your feelings, you sound like an idiot. And I'm a talker. But being a talker doesn't mean you're a communicator. I used to. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. I've just told you everything how I felt. Well, oftentimes that's being mean and rude and highly vindictive and full of blame. So I whimper back to my prayer closet and say, okay, I got to learn how to communicate. I got to learn how to word things that are receivable. I, I, I'm, I'm determined though. I've determined that I'm going to be that kind of husband. I've determined I'm going to be that type of father. I've determined. My revelation of God is big. Therefore, if he's chosen me, I choose him. He chose to give me his son. I choose to give him my life. He chose to give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I chose to give him my body, soul, spirit, and mind. He chose to give me his life. I choose to give him my life. He chose to give me heaven. I choose to give him my time. He gave me his future. I give him my past. He gave me the resource of heaven. I give him my resource. I give him my time and my energy. I'm going all in. He decided that he loved me and he died for me and he bled for me and he went to the cross for me. I choose him because he chose me. I give him my everything. I give him my everything. I give him my soul. I give him my sin. I give him my family. I give him my kids. I give him this church. I give him my life. Oh, I choose. I have decided to follow God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my money, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, as for me and my past, as for me and my future, as for me and my house, as for me and my wife, as for me, as for me, as for me, as for me, I will serve the Lord. I will serve him. I will serve him. Come on, church. Praise him. Praise him. Decide.
decided to praise him. I have decided to praise him. Church, we love you so much. We love you so much. If you can make it July 12th, let us know. We'll have plenty of space. We'll have plenty of sanitizer. It'll look a little different, but we're here to have worship. If you need to stay home, this service will go online till I die or Jesus comes back, so don't worry. We're here for you. We're here to give church in any way that we can. But some of you are able to come in to church. We want to see you July 12th. We love you so much. We're praying for you. Stand strong. You have decided to serve God, and there is nothing more powerful in response to what God has already done. You don't need a sign. You've got the Son, Jesus Christ. He gave you everything you could ever need to make up your mind this morning. Be set free as you serve God in the fullness of a determined faith this morning, right now. I love you so much. God bless you. We'll see you soon.